Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins so that we could be free from bondage. We pray this morning that your word will land on fertile soil. And we pray, God, that we'll be able, Father God, to follow your way, because that's the wisdom that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So today we're starting a new series called Overcoming Temptation. Temptation is something that the word of God speaks about often. And it is an issue in the life of the believer and in the life of the unbeliever. And many times we have had a very positive connotation in relation to temptation. I remember there was this show on Mnet, is it Mnet or DSTV, where they put a bunch of people together. It's called what? Temptation Island. Where are the guys that have been watching that? You know, some, you, sometimes you have to watch things to intercede, you know. I just need to know the issues. I just need to be briefed concerning the, what is the issue? Temptation Island. They put a bunch of men together, a bunch of women together, and then they see what happens. This is the world that we live in today. Many people are in church and they are being tempted. But the reality is that even with Adam and Eve, they were tempted in a perfect world. And the reason why there's temptation is because there is a tempter. The Word of God teaches us very clearly that you will face temptation. If you're not facing temptation right now, give it a break. By this afternoon, I promise you. By this afternoon, you'll have something to apply concerning this message. Are you with me? The Word of God says in the book of John chapter 1, the epistle of John, 1 John chapter 2 verse 15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh or the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the lusts of the eyes, and the pride of life or the pride of possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So the Word of God is showing us here that there are three categories of temptation. The lust of the flesh, the flesh is bodily desires. The lust of the eyes, what you see, and the pride of life, the things that make you feel like you don't need God, the things that make you lift up your chin against the word of God, against the wisdom of God, the things that make you feel like you're better than others. And so over the next few weeks, we are going to cover this subject. Today, we're going to deal with the subject, no temptation is too much. Next week, we'll talk about bread and sex. Don't miss next week, especially if you are married. It's very important. The following week, we'll deal with pride and presumption. Pride and presumption, the devil's sin. Presumption, especially for religious people who presume on God. They go and do things and then ask God to come and bless it. And then number four, riches and kingdoms. All of these can be classified and categorized, and sometimes there's an overlap when it comes to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it is critical that we understand these things. Because the truth is that God's plan concerning your life has been spoken. You don't have to wonder. It is God's desire that you may have life and life in abundance. But the issue is that you have to comply with his directives. You have to comply with his direction. And if you do that, then you'll be able to find yourself in the will of God for your life. Amen. 
Tell your neighbor, get ready. I know you need this message. I'm glad you're here today. I was praying that you would come. You know, I know, I know that you need these things. I'm praying for you as you are listening. Don't walk out halfway. All right. Number one, temptation is real. And if Jesus was tempted, you will be also. Temptation is real. And if Jesus was tempted, you will be also. Meaning, you can anticipate your temptation. One of the best, one of the best defenses to the onslaught and the plan of the enemy is that you anticipate it. Many people, especially Christians, live in a very naive box as if this world is heavenly. This is a wicked and perverted and evil world with a lot of smiles, with wonderful nature, wonderful animals. But if you look at it spiritually, there's a war zone here. And so you need to understand that temptation is real. But moreover, if Jesus was tempted, you will be also. We go here to Matthew chapter 4. From verse 1, we're going to read through quickly. After Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he comes out of the waters and the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. At the beginning of his ministry, he hasn't done anything yet. The first thing that he faces is temptation. And he was led by the Spirit into this temptation. And you might say, Pastor, we prayed that prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Are you saying that God is the one that's leading us into temptation? No, just wait. We'll get to that point. But for Jesus, it was definitely the case. Because of the fact that he had to participate in our humanity in every way in order to qualify as a priest. The Jewish law, the law of Moses, requires that the priest must be from among the people so that he is well able to represent the people to God knowing what it's like to be an Israelite. Are you with me? And hence, therefore, Jesus had to participate in that. Even the fact that he was baptized. It's not like Jesus had sins to be baptized from. But he was almost receiving like the scapegoat, the laying on of the hands of the prophet, that impartation of the sins of the world, so that he could now identify himself with the people for whom he would die, for whom he would represent as high priest. Are you with me? And so it says he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, very important. Look at the naming here. Are you with me? There's only one person that is referred to as a tempter in the whole body of scripture. It is Satan. And that is his nature. And he started it even in the Garden of Eden. Are you with me? This is his nature. The tempter. Some of you think that that other friend of yours is the tempter. No. The devil is the tempter. Anyone that is aligned with tempting others is doing the work of the tempter. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if... You are the son of God. Command these stones to become bread. And then Jesus responds every time with the word of God. Are you with me? But this is what we want you to see. You can read the rest of that narrative. It's important that you see this. Now, just quickly to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Just support the statement that Jesus had to participate in these temptations. It says, for we do not have a high priest 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. We do not have a high priest who is unable. Are you following? Who is unable. Because when you go through temptation, you will say, God doesn't know what I'm going through. But the word of God says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You see that confirmation there? Jesus was tempted at every point, yet he did not sin. Then he says, many times we quote the scripture, let us come boldly to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy in the time of need. It's in the context, particularly, of the temptations and weaknesses that we face. And then he says, when you consider that your high priest has gone through what you've gone through, then you can say, let us then go with confidence and draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace, grace's favor, to help in time of temptation. Are you with me? This is the principle of the message today. No temptation is too much. That means that you can overcome every temptation. The issue is that many of us made provisions. We have a savings account for temptation. We know that that day of temptation will come and I just need to give in because, I mean, we live in this world and, you know, the ladies are wearing what and the guys are wearing what. what are the, the children are wearing what. And, and so temptation is real. If Jesus was tempted, you will be also. But it's important that you realize that his temptation was a participation in our humanity and he showed us that you are able to overcome and then meaning you have no excuses we have no excuses and then the second principle is this temptation is not from God we just read that Jesus was led by I mean by the Lord by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil but temptation is not from God let me show you what the Word of God says it says in James chapter 1 verse 12 blessed is the man who stands who remains steadfast under trial or temptation or testing for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. When you are being tested, when you are under trial, let no one say that this trial, this temptation has been brought by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. Why is this important? Because if the temptation is from God, your propensity to blame God is high. Remember Adam? He said, the woman you gave me. He started blaming God while the temptation came from somewhere else. All right? We'll explain now how temptation works. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. Verse 14. But each person is tempted when he is lured, drawn away, enticed. By what? By his own desire. Hey, I thought that the temptation was coming from somewhere else. No, it's coming from your own desire. Remember your own lust. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life. So each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. The enemy needs something in you. You will notice that the temptations that the enemy brings across your path, they don't relate to things you don't like. It wouldn't be temptation there, right? If you don't like it, the devil won't bring it. He'll bring what you like. If it's tall, dark, 
The devil will bring that. The devil doesn't come ugly. People have this idea that when the devil appears in my room or in my classroom or in my office, he will come with horns and like those, what are those beasts from, from Lord of the Rings? And there's ugly faces drooling. No, the devil don't come like that. That brother going to put on that shawl dress and he's going to come with some lip gloss. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> You're going to come with that kind of approach. You can't draw away an animal with, you have to have the meat that they like. This is where temptation begins. And if you begin to realize this, you'll address your heart more. And then it says, drawn away, lured, enticed by his own desire. And then desire when it has conceived, meaning there is a process. So that desire begins to, to be planted in your heart and it begins to move. It begins to move. And you're thinking about it day one. And you're thinking about it day two. Think about it day three. Think about now in the evenings, not just during the day. Evening three. Now it's morning, evening. Then afternoon also. That thing begins to lure you. It begins to draw you away like a, a lamb going to the slaughter. It's drawing you away. When it has given full conception, it gives birth to sin. So temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted, yet without sin. Just because you are tempted doesn't mean I have sinned. Because there are some people who say, oh, I've been tempted, so uh, let me just give in. No. At the level of temptation, you mustn't give it. You must resist. And then it says, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. That temptation island idea of temptation that you have should be called death island. You are there with your, with your uh, bikinis and uh, on death island. You are there skirting around that tall dark tree. Death island. You are there observing the lip gloss. Death island. Next week we'll talk a little bit more about how sometimes we also tempt others. But anyway, let's leave it there. So what ought you to do? You need to stop that process before it conceives. One of the key ways that the enemy comes in to your life is by your senses. What you see. You remember that song that we learned in children's church? Watch your eyes, watch your eyes, what they see. Watch your ears, watch your ears, what they hear. There's a... You guys don't know that, no? You see, that's why you're struggling with temptation. <laughs> don't look at me like that it's true there's a father up above looking down in tender love watch your eyes watch your ears what they hear watch your hands what they handle so temptation is not from god john chapter 10 verse 10 the thief comes only who is the thief what is aka the tempter so let's replace this here the tempter comes only to seal to kill and to destroy that's the agenda it's not to play around this is an agenda to destroy your life to destroy your life so he, the tempter comes and he wants to steal away from your life he wants to ruin your family he wants to ruin your marriage he wants to ruin your future he wants to ruin your career you ought to know that when that brown envelope comes on your desk the one that is elevated like this where you can see like four centimeters by ten you know that envelope yeah when that envelope comes on your table it's not hallelujah breakthrough Jesus the Lord is mm -mm. the enemy comes to trap to entangle to destroy in the beginning it sounds good in the beginning he's making all sorts of promises concerning the future when you get in there as soon as you get off that bed you have ingested the poison. But Jesus has come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Temptation is not from God. Tell your neighbor, you will be tempted, but it's not from God. Therefore, don't eat it like that, like a finger licking. Be careful. Temptation is not from God. 
Number three, you can escape from every single temptation. How many? Every single temptation. You can what? Escape. Now, how do you escape if you're sitting around? Escape is an active word, right? If there's a fire somewhere, you have a fire escape. You can't sit around and say, I have an escape. No, you have to take the exit. Are you with me? And many Christians dangle and diddle and dondle around the temptation. Let's look at what the Word of God says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. It's speaking of the Old Testament saints and what they've gone through, the disobedience that they have gone through. Then it says, now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Just by the way, this is another reference to say that we are in the end of the ages. Okay? 2,000 years in. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. That's the first one. When it comes to escaping temptation, you can't have a presumptuous attitude that I can handle this. You have to realize that anyone that thinks that they can handle it is already under deception. Why? Because you're not anticipating the danger of the tempter that is going to come. If he's not here today, he will be here tomorrow. Then it says, verse 13, no temptation, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Meaning, it's not a new temptation that you are going through. You might be saying, Mama, no, you know, my grandparents don't know what we are going through. In our generation, in our time, in our mama, no, 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 no. Doesn't matter. Whatever you are going through has been there before. And the issue is that it's not only you going through it, it's common to man. Everybody is facing that. Everybody is struggling with the temptations of the lust of the eyes, including the pastor, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, including Jesus struggled with this. Do you see the word struggle? For many, struggle means I wrestled and I failed. I gave it. No. To struggle means to fight. Amen. Who struggles to lose? Amen. And so it's very important that you understand I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that's struggling with this addiction. I'm not the only one that's struggling with this temptation of, of bribery. I'm not the only one that's make, getting proposals from whoever and whatever DMs from my whoever. You're not the only one struggling with temptation of laziness. And stealing from the boss. You're not the only one. Everybody is going through common temptations. It's common to man. But what's the truth? God is faithful. In what way? And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide what? A way of escape. With which temptation? Every temptation. So every temptation comes with an exit clause. Are you with me? Are you, I'm telling you good news here. That situation that you are praying about, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. It's not a mercy issue, it's an escape issue. It's a wisdom issue. Oh, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. God will not do for you what he has asked you to do. Don't say, Lord, come and... Come, and, come and, uh, and fight away this wicked woman from me. No, God has given you the ability to fight away that wicked woman. Oh, man. Amen. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Every time, every time, every time. You might be tempted to, to, to backslide or to leave Christ or to renounce Jesus. With that temptation, there's an exit there. Any place you are in where the enemy is tempting you, I'm telling you, your conscience is already telling you, there's the way. There's, there's the exit. There's, let's go now. And you're like, shh, come, come here. <laughs> you're talking to a man of God here. Come down. We, we know how to handle these things. It is a sad 
that story, what's happening in the pulpits of the world today, something as elementary as overcoming temptation. The reality is this, that you will be tempted. Some of you are like, no, I'm in grade five of temptation. I already started. I said that this year, Lord, this year is my year with you. This year, 2023, Lord, you and me. <laughs> By the 2nd of January. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. What's the issue? Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. The word of God says, God is faithful. He is faithful. Lord, where are you? He is faithful. He is faithful in what way? He will provide a way of escape every time. Every time. Can we test it this week? Just test it this week. Whenever you get your temptation coming, approaching, just look around. Don't, don't look in the eyes. Look around and you'll see a door. <laughs> Then this is the way many people try to be polite huh? when they are trying to resist temptation. No, my sister, you know, praise the Lord. No, no, my sister, you know. It's not no, my sister. It's like, hey, can you not see that I'm married? What kind of wickedness is this? You see, it's not like I know we are friends. I don't want to ruin our friendship. I know that. No, it's not there. You have to be rude to the devil. Are you with me? So there is an escape for every single temptation. If you can just believe this truth today, your life is on an upward trajectory. Because remember, we are not just here talking about sins of the flesh. Some of us, our issue is where we are, we are in terms of our career, is that we are tempted with laziness. Don't look at your friend. Look straight. In the mirror. Some of us, the issue is we lie. We are tempted to lie and manipulate. If not with words, with our taxes. The time is coming, isn't it? March, June. And we lie. 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 What's the temptation? If I don't lie, I won't succeed. It's a lie. It's a temptation so that you don't trust God. I was meeting with someone just recently. They came and then they said, look, I've got a situation at work. I've been stealing from the boss. I can't give my life to Christ every time there's a call. I said, we'll lead you to, to Christ now because we have permission to do that any day, anytime. If you want to give your life to, to Christ, come anytime, anytime. We have permission to access you in, right? And so we say to this person, we'll lead you to Christ now and then straight after you will call your boss and confess but i'll lose my job yeah yeah that, that is god will help you but you need to realize that you are living on the path of darkness tell the truth if you are here you've cheated on your spouse you better tell them looking around for people looking down <laughs> oh lord <laughs> can't we just wipe the past out what's the temptation that you can have an intimate relationship with your spouse without the truth it's a lie it's a lie it's a bald-faced lie doesn't matter how much it will hurt rather the truth with pain than a lifetime of lies with fake laughter. I love you, baby. I, I love you. Such a farce. Are you with me? Don't look at your spouse. Just look straight, you know. These things need to be said. Why? Because as we say them, we give people foundation for repentance. When you repent, you'll see refreshing. All right? So this is important. Let's meditate in this. This week, whenever you come into a temptation, look for that exit. Look for the exit. When you are late night in front of that computer, come out doing your research. I'm just doing some research, you know, and then the voice comes. Can we do research in an area of biological sciences? You know what I'm saying? Okay. First John chapter 2. You can escape from every single temptation. Look here. My little children, the apostle writes. This is the apostle whom Jesus loved. He was Jesus' best friend. I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Hi. Pastor, are you saying that you can live a life free from sin? It says that, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Okay? There's this doctrine that is in the world and has come into the church and has come into the pulpit. That sin is just part of life. And then they added the other doctrine that says all sins are the same. So that means <laughs> that if sin is just part of life, for me as a pastor, and all sins are the same, I lied today, or let me not say lie, I, I exaggerated today, and therefore I already sinned, and therefore what is 
murder really? What is murder really? It's like lying, you see? So the enemy brings in a doctrine that makes you hold on to the thing that is taking you to hell. Your own desires conceive. Then it becomes sin. Then it becomes death. God would never encourage us to entertain something that will bring us death. He has come that we might have life. My little children, I write these things to you so that you may live, so that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, not when. When is like everyone will just do it. We are all just on the train tracks of sin in this world. Mm -mm. I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ did a good work to deal with sin in the flesh. And by the Holy Spirit that we have, all things are possible for them that believe. But the problem is we have not given the people enough truth. And so even the elders, you know, this is one of the things that irked me so much when I was growing up, is seeing people who are elders in the church. And the reason why they made them elders, Malcolm, is because they have a good job, a good standing in the society. Hmm? A man of great financial reputation. But every now and then, there might be a visit to the fat boys pub, to the tall girls shibin, just to calm down the nerves or to reach out to the sinners. <laughs> Isn't it? And then come back on a Sunday. Jesus, I read the roaring lion. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's everything here. Oh, be still and behold, Jesus, Son of God, Messiah. <laughs> Man, I like this song. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> the hypocrisy is so rich, so thick, so buttered. You are on the path of death. You're not having fun in life. It's not about having fun. There's this notion that has climbed into our, our worldview that life is about having fun. Where, where, which Bible says that? Life is not about having fun. Life is about honoring God. The result of honoring God. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. If anyone does sin, if you do sin, don't think that now I've sinned away my salvation. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation. He is the payment for our sins and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world. Yes, someone has taken care of our condemnation but I kid you not you will still eat the consequences of your sin. Jesus might forgive you but the police won't. Jesus might forgive you but your spouse might not. Jesus will forgive you but your children might not. Jesus will forgive you but your boss is not the Lord. So you, you lose your family, you lose your marriage, you lose your reputation, you lose your finances, you lose your health, you lose your family. Everything just goes away and you say, yeah, but I'm under grace. Jesus is the propitiation for all my sins. Granted, but you will die soon. I'm going to heaven, I know. Even if I sin, I'm going to heaven. You will go earlier. Tell your neighbor, give us more of your time. We need you here. <laughs> you can escape from every temptation. As I was preparing, I was reminded of this scripture in Genesis. This is the second man on the earth. His father is the first created man. Second one, the son of Adam, 
Cain. Sounds like a wrestling guy. Cain. And Cain had a brother, Abel. They made sacrifices to God, and Cain didn't do it the right way. Abel did it the right way. God received the sacrifice of his brother, and Cain was provoked to envy. Now consider this. He's now in the temptation zone because of his desire, you see. He's in that desire zone, right? He wants to murder his brother. He knows God. They walk with God. He wants to murder his brother for a religious, religious reason. And God comes to him and says, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? Who come like his word? Why eyes? How are my eyes? How? How? How are my eyes? Hmm? <laughs> Sometimes when you ask your spouse, is everything fine? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? My face has not fallen. Do you have a problem with me? <laughs> then God says to him, if you do well, will it not be accepted? Your doing well will be accepted. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you or against you, towards you. Look at what the Lord said. But you must rule over it. Don't you say, ah, sin is at my door every day, every night. No. Sin might be crouching at the door, but you must rule over it. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. And so God tells this man, and what does he say? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He was in church on Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But when the time came, Cain spoke to his brother lied to him and said, let's come, let me show you the new produce, because he was an agriculturist. Come, let me show you the new produce. The tomatoes are looking really ripe this time of the year. Come and see. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and killed him. And afterwards, when God asked him, where is your brother? He said, am I my brother's keeper? Don't ask me things. But look at the Spirit of God, always pursuing us. You were in that situation. It's dark. The Holy Spirit already told you, stay at home. But you decided, no, I want to fellowship with that sister. We need to pray about a certain issue. The church building needs to be finished. We can't have this anymore. <laughs> so I, I got in my car. Then when you get there, you're sitting in the car. T you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't just leave you. Huh? Philip, come quickly. <laughs> As you are trying to move in that direction, eh? the Holy Spirit is trying to, to pull you back. Eh? Make like this. <laughs> <laughs> And the Holy Spirit. And look at the emotion that the Bible describes. It says, don't grieve. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is, is drawing you with compassion. Yeah? And you are saying, lost my man. This is the one that died for you. This is the one that laid down his life for you. This is the one that will help you any situation. He will help you. When all your friends leave you, after you have to come and say, I'm sorry, I sinned. The Holy Spirit will be with you saying, it's okay. It's okay. Let's pick up the pieces. Let's go. While you are in the car, lost me. And then the conscience becomes dead. Then you go in, you go in. At the door, you send a WhatsApp. I'm here with a prayer. <laughs> hey! I was discipled me. I'm here. <laughs> so the sister comes, hello, hello, hello. How are you? You know, the hug is like this. You know that hug? Huh? How are you? <laughs> as if, as if it won't get further than that. And after the prayers, you know, let's just hold hands in this place. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up. Hallelujah. I can do too late. <laughs> Doesn't take a trophy. It just goes downhill from there. And when you get up, it's quiet. I have to go. I have to go. You know, I'll see you at church. You get to the car. Holy Spirit, I don't want to hear it. Go home and you try to sleep as soon as possible. Because then your conscience doesn't, you know, doesn't tell you, you know, you sinned. What is happening on the other side with that sister, you don't care. You don't care. I went to deal my 
desires. Tell your neighbor, don't be a cane. So we have to close. How? Four principles that I want to leave with you on dealing with this. It will be consistent throughout our series on how to deal with temptation. Number one, avoid. Don't even go there. Don't even be there. Some of you, you like going to the club. What are you doing there? Huh? Are you trying to find a godly woman that loves God? Are you trying to find a godly husband that will provide for you in the club, dealing drugs? Let me say this. Clubs are places where satanic activity is conjured. It is not for Christians whatsoever, okay? When you walk in as a Christian, they can see, ah, relax. Avoid. Some of you, you need to cut off certain friendships. Avoid. You need to cut off. Some of you, you need to remove certain apps. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. You know, some of us, we need to close those. Some of you, Instagram, you are taking your pictures at church, you know, redeemed. But when you swipe over, <laughs> there's a sister that is showing you things. We'll talk about this next week. Avoid. Number two, flee. If you are in the situation, when you are there, doesn't take a trophy holding hands to make you smile. I'll never be more loved. Then I am right now. While you are there in that prayer meeting, you can still get out. Because some people think, no, I'm in now, Lord. You see? You see? I'm in too deep. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you are in there, you can still say, hi, yeah. let me out, let me out. Where's the door? Where's the door? Oh, my God. <laughs> Flee like a bird out of the, out of the trap of the fowler. Because sometimes you'll find yourself in a place where you just came to do an assignment. Because you are in a group. You know how the university puts you in groups. Master's degree. So now you are in a group with this person and they say, no, we, I, we need face to face. The, the COVID has really, you know, broken down our ability to do assignment. Let's be face to face. Now it doesn't take a trophy. is playing in the background. And you are just like, I'm getting out of here. And I'm going to be rude. I don't care. Flee. Flee. Number three, if the person is like, no, no, no. Rebuke. Rebuke. Then you got to start talking. You will know me. Just try those things. You will know me. Rebuke the devil. You, you can't be quiet while you are being, while the knives are being ching, ching, ching for you. You can't just be quiet. <laughs> you will be eaten. <laughs> and number four, resist. If he's now at that point where he's embracing you and leaning to the couch, leaning, and you are like, doesn't take, and he's like, doesn't take. <laughs> resist. Do everything you can. You are on death row. Blessed is the man who does not follow in the advice of the wicked people. Take the path of sinners or join in the company of mockers. Rather, his delight is in the law, in the teachings of the Lord, and he reflects on his teachings day and night. He's like a tree planted beside streams, a tree that produces fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. He succeeds in everything he does. It's going to be four weeks of great revelation and impact. We are trusting the Lord. Lift your hands where you are and pray this, Lord. Help me to open my heart these four weeks so that I may get wisdom. I know that in the past I've been stupid and ignorant. I repent of that. I didn't know that every temptation had an exit. But from today, I'm following your way. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.